Hello and welcome to Conscious Conversations. I hope you've all had a great sleep last night and ready for the day ahead. Thank you so much for your company here on this episode this morning. And let me introduce today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful Ruby Marsh. Good morning, Ruby. Good morning, Lisa. A pleasure to be here with you on this beautiful day. It is a beautiful day, isn't it? A pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I am so excited for this conversation. Yep, me too. And to tell you, beautiful listeners, uh, a little bit about Ruby. She is an architect or was an architect rather, turned life and career coach whose mission it is to help high achieving women reinvent their careers so that they can feel visible and find meaning in their work. Ruby has a driving passion to encourage women to celebrate the unique gifts they bring to the world whilst focusing on being completely true to self. She's a gorgeous woman, everyone, and I'm so happy to have her company here today. We are going to be diving into some amazing things. It's a very interesting conversation. As always, Rubes, I think every time we catch up, it's pretty interesting. Yes, we we go wide and far with our conversations, don't we? Fast and loose. Keep up. (laughs) Well, first of all, very fascinating that you were full-time architect in Sydney. That's correct. In Sydney, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Full-time architect in Sydney, gave all that up. And now you are into your holistic health practice, your yoga practice, and you encourage and work with women as a life and career coach. So quite a flip, a completely like 180. Let's rewind the clock because I'd first love for you to tell us about what it was like living in the thicker Sydney as a full-time architect. Yeah, um, it's it's funny because that feels like a distant memory, and then sometimes, you know, with with experiences like that and periods in your life, you can also close your eyes, and then suddenly you, you like you say, you're literally back in the thick of it. So, I graduated university here in Newcastle, where I've actually uh, am residing again, and. Uh, I moved to Sydney. So for me, this was a big step and got a role with a very prestigious practice, which was a huge uh, compliment and felt like the next step, the next thing to tick off the list for me. And while I was working with them, I spent uh, five years with them and then registered after after five years. It was, it was amazing. It was everything that I had been working for for 10 years Uh, and so I felt like I was ticking everything off the list like I said but unfortunately I my health started to decline a few uh, years into working in practice and the demands of that work also I didn't have the tools at the time to deal with the anxiety that Uh, comes with high stress situations that also comes with long commutes. So when you're you're talking about your health declining, was it your physical health or your mental health? uh, Both, both. Um, I think my mental health, because like I said, I didn't have the tools at the time. The wellness industry was still very, very new then. And uh, I knew about things like meditation, so I was I was starting to embrace uh, some mindfulness practices. I was doing yoga, um, but a lot of my goals were, like I said, externally aligned. So it was about uh, running half marathons and typical things that 
a type personalities uh, tend to throw in their, in their way but at the same time uh, due to all that stress and the high pressure situation that you're often in as an architect because you are having to think on your feet the workload is is sometimes unsustainable you're just trying to catch up with yourself that I could feel my mental health declining uh, in terms of you know I didn't know who to turn to to support me through that and uh, I also started in the architecture industry as uh, the height of the GFC the global financial crisis was uh, just peaking in 2008 and so for about five years I was also trying to hold on to my job mm. so you can imagine that that was uh, that was always playing in the back of my mind and it was uh, I was conscious that I had to perform at a certain level to maintain my job but then outside of that uh, yeah my health uh, physically couldn't keep up with uh, with the workload and probably uh, many years of university was catching up on me as well. Actually, yeah, Ruby, on that, practicing full-time architecture in the thick of Sydney, there's a lot of, uh, in, in, especially in that time, what was the industry like in terms of male-female ratio? What was the dynamic at work? Mm, great question because if, if you looked at the the class that I had at university, it was actually more than 50% women. Wow. Uh, architecture, yeah, in Australia is still quite, and probably worldwide, is, is still fairly male-dominated. It is starting to shift, and I definitely saw a shift in, in our practice. Women we were hiring, but the amount of women going into those leadership roles was... Uh, still severely outnumbered. You're probably looking at 25% women, uh, 75% men. And um, I think this is something across the whole for a lot of these professions, law, engineering. Uh, when we choose to go and have children, sometimes our capacity to come back into uh, the same level or want to go after those leadership roles that can shift or it can be a little bit harder for us. And I did see uh, a few women uh, wanting to move up and wanting to gain the experience, but because they couldn't maintain the same hours, uh, they needed the flexibility that there was a bit of a struggle there. So in terms of the leadership that I was seeing, there was a few examples of women that were really going for it and were mothers as well, which was great, but it was few and far between. And it was definitely, definitely male dominated. And sometimes the characteristics of, of those leaders uh, did, I guess it was, um, it was very clear that you put your head down and you worked hard and certain people would be rewarded. And so really for me, it was just about surviving in that sort of environment. Yes. It's something that I wonder actually, Ruby, is, you know, these women that are trying to balance it all, they, they have children with men. Why is that never a question of the man trying to balance it all? What would you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's interesting because 
it, it's really down to each different couple's dynamic and how they are choosing to raise their children. Uh, but I, I did actually, to be honest, have some examples of men that were part-time and they were actually the uh, major caregiver of their children because it made sense in their relationship to, to have them do that because their partner out-earned them, ironically. Mm. So um, I think that it's, uh, there are some examples out there of, of men that are challenging the status quo. Uh, but Jeff, generally, when you're in that sort of male-dominated environment, people are going to swing towards what they see everyone else doing, unless, you know, their peers or their, especially the leaders above them are setting that example of what's possible and, uh, you know, how we can um, accommodate as much as possible all sorts of different scenarios when it comes to how you want to parent and and that split yeah it's it's definitely very important was your business would you say the the company that you worked for were they equally supportive for a man that was co-parent like or parenting rather and and creating and being in that full uh sorry part-time position opposed to a woman where was there any resistance there or was it pretty even across the board i'd be really interested to know obviously this is um the corporate industry is something that i've never lived in um, probably something that i will never live in i have so many questions <laughs> so tell us about that what what did that balance look like was it was that conversation pretty even yeah, I, I certainly, and, and likewise, I can only speak for uh, what I saw in my experience, and some of this will be my personal interpretation. Uh, but what I would say is that for whether you were a father or a mother and you were doing a part-time role in the firm, it was generally, uh, it was a similar scenario for you in terms of the types of projects that you got and uh, what the expectations were of you and therefore, uh, you know, with a limited, limited capacity, what could you offer? And ironically, what I would say on that is that it didn't matter whether you were the part-time mother or the father. Sometimes those people working, and I see this uh, in, in business as well, in my own business, is that the mums that you come across that own businesses, the amount that they can actually get done is quite extraordinary in the short time frame that they have. So sometimes they actually are a really powerful asset to have in a firm uh, or to be running a business, they are a really powerful example of what's possible in a limited amount of time. So uh, I always like to get, kind of zoom that question out and, and think of it more like that of, um, you know, productivity and uh, celebrating. It is really very much so the celebrating the different, uh, the different qualities I think that genders bring. I think there is, of course, and for good reason, a lot of conversations around equality. And I think as well, it's really important to celebrate the different strengths that um, a male and a female bring to the table. And I really think that's an important conversation to have these days. Yes, a hundred percent. And, uh, what I would say as well is uh, the women that that were uh, actively involved in parenting their children 
like you said, realizing the the qualities that 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 actually brings and uh, often evokes some of those really beautiful feminine qualities, especially things like empathy, um, you know, authenticity, uh, generosity, honesty, integrity, all these things that we're actually crying out for to have in our leaders, whether that be in the firms we work with and or if you look at uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, she mm. is an incredible example of yes. someone that is uh, leading by example when it comes to this. She is, she, is so she is. Sorry, I'm like, yes, she is incredible. She is absolutely amazing. And your, your leader, if you will, Ruby, for those that can't pick up on the accent, Ruby is from New Zealand. Yes. Um, and yeah, just a, just a closing note on that, Rubes, it's really good to know and, and great to get a very small pocket, um, as you said, of insight into the corporate world. But knowing that there is that, uh, that conversation there and that awareness that it's quite an even field and treating both male and female parents equally, it's good to know because someone that me being not not anywhere near the corporate industry uh, in any capacity, um, you know, I just can hear from the outside, and it's good to know having you been in that industry many many years ago, even that was the dynamic back then. It's um yeah, good to hear. I would love to chat to you about how the hell you transitioned out of that and what that looked like for you when you knew that uh, that you'd essentially that that was it was your time to move on to to something else. Yeah, great question because uh, obviously the evolution of that, uh, it became what I now help women with. So I think it's always beautiful that you can uh, help people where you've been. You've walked that path and you know how they're going to feel and the changes that they they are going to experience. And it was interesting actually because when I when I had an inkling that I wanted to leave that current environment uh, in terms of the corporate environment and in particular I had a feeling that architecture wasn't going to be my forever career, mm -hmm. uh, I started to look more internally so this process probably the when I started to have this feeling and then when I actually made the leap it took me about a year and uh, I don't beat myself up for that time frame but I do realize now when I'm working with clients that it is not as easy as you think to make a leap and we don't just walk out of one door and into another tomorrow. <laughs> mm. um, so I want to stress that, that while I've done something quite uh, extraordinary and surprising for a lot of people that uh, it's actually been a journey, if you will. And I, I like to think that this career uh, came to me intuitively and uh, it was because I started to ask those questions that no one ever asks you when you're 18 years old. It's all about, for me, it was like, what grades do I need to get? What's the good university? Then what's the good firm? And it's a continual externally focused uh, path. But when I started to ask myself the questions of, well, how do I want to feel simply when I wake up in the morning, when I go to sleep and put my head on the pillow at night. Mm. Those simple questions 
I had never had answers to and I was so much up in my head that it was stressful to even think about that. But when I gave myself the chance to really ask those questions, I started to realize that where I was was probably not going to serve uh, feeling that way. So I leapt into a role with Lululemon that had me actually starting out on the shop floor and it was still in Sydney and my thought at the time was that I was going to move into store design and that would actually require me to move into state as well which at the time I thought I could I could potentially do that that might be possible or I might be able to create my own role and because I wanted to move into store design I decided that I would also alongside my work with Lululemon uh, get some store design work because I had a friend that worked in it and I really decided to take this time after leaping out of architecture to have a loose plan but really it was about uh, yes on one hand feeling my way through this process but doing something and getting feedback either from other people or asking myself okay is that the next right action is that the next right action did that work no okay try something else and I found that as I stayed five years in the end that I naturally fell into developing people and training and coaching opportunities within the store environment and Lululemon uh, is incredible they have a really strong emphasis on leadership and leading with self uh, before you can lead others. And that just vibed with me. I was like, yes, this is, this is where I'm meant to be. These are the people I'm meant to be surrounded with. I feel so at home. I feel like I am myself again. And naturally, I took those skills that I was learning and went, okay, I'm going to start I want to start coaching people and I started with workshops and I started with a handful of clients until a few years later it, it started to build momentum and that's where I am today now through all of all, all of, of that yeah. <laughs> all of that and you know what a beautiful what a beautiful story, you know, all of those hardships, all of those questions, all of those, you know, stopping when, you, when you're at a crossroads, essentially that's the practice that you are now rolling out within your practice, within your clients and knowing that all of those hardships and those confusing moments and those moments like, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? That was essentially going to be you being a mirror for another woman when she hit that moment in her life. It's just a really beautiful cycle, Rubes. It's gorgeous. Mm. Um, I'd love to talk to you about life coaching. This might be a completely, you know, silly question, but I'd love to ask the question, what is life coaching? Great question. And it does take many forms depending on who you learn through. A lot of my work has been uh, taught to me through mentors that I've had uh, through my own experience as well. Um, you can train as a life coach and you, you, that might be through training with someone that uh, has done it for many years. There, there's many different pathways into it. Uh, and for me, the difference between working with, uh, say, a psychologist and working with 
me as a life coach is that my work is yes around mindset but it's less about uh looking retrospectively looking back into the past and trying to heal uh old wounds um old yes for work with with mindset and patterns that have come about through experiences that you've had through your life but we don't uh, spend too much time in that space it is really important that we gain momentum and we take action even if it's small steps so life coaching can be can come from a very uh, could be very spiritual if you wanted it to be in terms of the background of the coach they may come from a yoga background or some type of uh, you know traditional therapy eastern therapy or they they may very well have done this in their corporate environment which was what I was doing and so it's a natural stepping stone for them to then take those tools around personal development and be able to apply them to individuals. So it's essentially like having a really good, really supportive best friend, isn't it? <laughs> just like you can do this and a really good listener. That's what I'm hearing from what you're saying here. Just someone that's, you know, essentially saying, I got you girl, or like, I got you, like, let's, let, let's forge ahead. Let's make your, your dreams a reality, which blends quite nicely into the career coaching as well that you do. Also, I would imagine that's quite a good merriment. Yes, a hundred percent. And like I say, it can take many forms. And for me, what's really important is when I initially connect with a new client that there's a really uh, good uh, exchange there energetically that uh, I know that I can support them with what they need. And if that if that's not me, then or that that's really clear as well because uh, you're helping that person through something that's a change that, like I said, for me, I was sitting on that change for a whole year. So it's a very delicate situation for some people and making sure that you are the right fit to serve them in that period of time. You're not trying to change their life forever. Uh, And I certainly like to think of myself, like you said, as that best friend, uh, you know, got a little bit of like tough love but then we'll lift them up when they need it as well so not so much of a cheerleader uh but um more of that guide approach and so what would you say to anyone listening thinking oh wow like this sounds like something that i would need but i'm a little bit nervous i don't really want to be that vulnerable in in front of a whole other person what would you what would you say to them uh i would say that And this is a question that I ask people a lot because when, when they speak to me for the first time or when they, yeah, when we connect for the first time, it is also often the first time that they have expressed what's on their heart or how they're really feeling underneath it all to another human. So in that space, like you you said before, my job is simply to listen without judgment and without trying to change anything. And that in itself is a huge opportunity for most people. So I would always encourage people, even if it doesn't go any further than that conversation, for you to release that and to release what's being 
you know, going on in your mind and back and forth and doing roller coasters for God knows how long, if you can release that and share that with another person, oftentimes that is enough to start people uh, in going in a new direction. It's quite incredible. So, And speaking of new directions, Miss Ruby Marsh, congratulations on the launch of your very new brand spanking podcast, True To You. Um, how long ago did you launch that? Not very long, about a month? Yes, uh, I think I'm six episodes in, so just over a month. Very exciting. How does that feel to have something like that come off the ground for you? It feels really good. It, f- it felt like a really timely move that uh, in line with some bigger goals that I have in the next year. So I, I, I guess in that respect, uh, it was partly strategic, but it was also partly feeling into it as, is this the next medium that I need to explore? If my bigger goals are in speaking and being in front of large audiences. And as I always tell my clients, you know, confidence comes from practice. So let's practice. (laughs) Yeah, practice. That is such a big word that I love using in this podcast. Like people go, I can't do that. No, that's not going to work for me. I can't. It's like practice, make it a habit. You know what I mean? Like you don't get a habit or you don't just have an amazing skill from just going out and doing it. It takes practice. It's such a word that should be highlighted, I reckon, these days. Like don't expect so much of yourself. Oh, absolutely. And who you were yesterday when I'm sure for you, even in the time that you've been doing your podcast as well, who you were yesterday or two weeks ago is a completely different person. Your confidence grows every time that you absolutely that you do it. Yeah. I know I actually had I actually had one beautiful lady message me saying, I heard you in an interview on another podcast and I've gone back and I'm, I'm starting from episode one on yours. I was like, oh shit. I was like, oh God. I was really nervous because I go back and listen to the beginning of my podcast now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound so like young and little. And like it, it, the, only, the only thing that's changed honestly is my confidence. I have grown more into myself and that's what I really appreciate coming on here every single morning is it make like I really truly thought that I was being integral and living fully in my light prior to this podcast and now this podcast has just been a huge mirror for me to go girl you can you can do more like you can be stronger in in your in your light like you can be more open you can be more vulnerable you can be more accepting of self and encouraging that within others your ripple can be larger and I think that is the greatest thing about having this podcast personally is it keeps you accountable, doesn't it? It's amazing. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, you're, sp- you're spot on. It's uh, if, if you are someone that considers themselves as a teacher or a coach or even a, simply a share of ideas, it, it is a reflection of how much you are implementing those in your life when you share it and you think, oh, you know, how intimate am I with this idea really or this concept? So yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I think it's easy to see through when someone doesn't believe in, in it with themselves. You know what I mean? If you've, that's the thing for me, anyone I think, and this isn't me being rude, this is me being factual, anyone out there can call themselves a life coach. It is the fact that you can really, I personally identify someone that a life coach that has their shit together and the intention is there for the right purpose. Because, and that's a question I'd love to ask you, Ruby, how do you find uh, really defining the work that you do when there are so many people out there that go, yeah, I'm a life coach and they are not, (laughs) essentially. 
Mm, mm. That's an interesting one because, uh, and how do you, how do you, I know that's quite harsh because how do you say, Oh, well, what's a life coach for one person? You know what I mean? It's all in perspective, but you've got those people that have a lot of work to do and you can identify as that. Do you, yeah. How do you feel about that is essentially what I want to know. Yeah. Look, I think, um, because there's, there's so many different entry points into becoming a life coach that uh, some people are very adamant that there's, you know, certain qualifications that need to be had in a lot of industries and a lot of industries are very unregulated. So I, I really do understand that. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's that person's level of authenticity uh, when they can see themselves and what they're teaching. And that's really obvious to the person that is receiving that on the other end as well, Mm. that you have practiced this work yourself or you are constantly in the work. And that's, that's quite a demand on a life coach as well is that, uh, you know, you, there is this, uh, definite you're on a constant trajectory of of growth if you want to be and it's being able to uh be comfortable with that but also at the same time i will say is is finding that balance with that as well uh and so i would say that the person that has looked use your best judgment and use your best uh intuition if that's something that you like to listen to as well you'll know that it is a good fit and remembering that that person is there to guide you as well in that part of your life for that period of time that they're not there to uh change the course of your life you can take on board what they say or you don't have to as well so there's personal responsibility there i think as well from the person that's receiving the coaching and to for the coach to coach on what they know really well, you know, that is uh, a bare minimum is, and that's something that you'll learn just through doing as well. And you'll have people that'll come to you and ask you, can you coach me on this? Uh, Can you, help me with this and sometimes you will choose to do that because you know that where they're at you can help you them with those certain things and then other times you'll have to say no so as a coach it's practicing your own discernment as well that that you uh that that is uh something that you know really well and that you know that you can support and and saying that i often say, you know, are you seeing a psychologist for that or have you seen a psychologist for that in the past? And being mindful of of that as well, that you're not there to solve all of their problems and you're not certainly qualified to do a lot of things as well. So oh, it's so interesting, Rubes. I absolutely love hearing about this. Life coaching, I had so many questions around. I feel like just from hearing you speak today, I mean, obviously we're friends for those that don't know. We met a few years ago and now we have a beautiful friendship and I obviously support and love your the work that you do. I think it's incredible. And 
we've never actually dived into that side of things. And maybe because we were due to have this conversation on here and for a microphone to be between us for that reason. But I've definitely learned a lot here today with you about life coaching and it's cleared a lot up on my end. And I really hope the listeners have, um, t- they're taking away a lot as well. I'm sure that they would be. I want to know, Rubes, your podcast, True to You, what can listeners expect to mm. hear from you? Mm. So as with your as with what you're doing as well there's a mix of interviews and uh solo episodes uh the majority will be solo episodes and these will be observations some will be teachings uh but really my intention with the podcast, uh, in short, I like to think of it as your work bestie. So your best friend that you have at work where she is that person that I think I say this in, in the tagline of, uh, of the podcast page on my website. She's the person that will dust your crown off, put it back on your head and back in the arena. What do we need to do to support you to do that? So uh, it is for those women that are looking to level up in their careers in some capacity, particularly I'm very interested in these ideas of around delivering value. What does that look like, especially in this day and age where work is rapidly changing in, in the West in particular and the skills that we need to uh, maintain our careers as well as there's a lot of uh, shift towards outsourcing to other countries and things like that. That's a, a bigger conversation, but uh, nurturing your creativity because as a woman, that's quite instinctual for you. So how do we uh, really nurture that fire? How do we uh, have you contribute such that you feel passionate about your work? A lot of people talk about wanting to create an impact and wanting to feel passionate about their work. And I 100% stand by the fact that that is uh, down to your level of contribution. If you're not in the, in the arena, like I said, then it's going to be very hard to feel passionate because you'll be disconnected from it. Uh, and then so the, the experts that I'll be bringing on and the guests that I'll be bringing on will be filling in those gaps. So it might be work around uh, supporting you financially through your career, whether that be through a career change, negotiating salaries, those types of things. Um, and then we might have uh, experts on leadership. So what does it look like to rise to that next level? So essentially that is what I'm creating with True To You podcast is your work bestie that helps you do and everything. <laughs> really. Everything. It's so it's so diverse. Like literally everything. I've loved tuning into the episodes you've had. And I really love the solo episodes as well, Rubes. You just sound like you're so getting out there, like out of your comfort zone. I feel your um your energy and your passion. And I just want to say when you were saying, you know, you want to get down there in the arena, like I see you there, girl. I'm like, I see you down there like doing your thing. And it's just incredible to be an audience member watching you. It really is. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for everything that you're giving to the women around you that work with you and also in a friendship capacity as well. I'm grateful for that. 
Um, Ruby, I would like to polish off this conversation today with a playful three-point questionnaire. I love finishing off the conversations that I have on here with this because I just think it's a great snapshot into your life and for the listeners just to get to know you a little bit better. Mm. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> right. Okay, let's do it. Number one, I've got three questions here for you. Number one, what does self-love look like to you? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think self-love is knowing that there's, there's a few things that come to mind for me. It's that ability to know that you are supported 100% by yourself first and foremost and uh, obviously the universe is there to support you and those external elements in your life but uh, really nurturing that relationship with self such that you have your back you know and that uh, is has been really important for me to learn and grow into as, as a practice. Self-love is a practice. It does not switch on overnight and you will go through things that will test your self-love like you wouldn't believe. They may be in relationships, it may be in your career, uh, but really at the end of the day, if you have your back, you will be able to get through those, those things. Oh my gosh, Ruby Marsh. Well said, girl. I feel like giving you a clap. Well said, uh, Ruby. Number two, how do you lift yourself out of a negative phase or mindset? Mm. Initially, what comes to mind is something that I've been exploring recently. And I shared this actually, uh, something similar on my most recent podcast around creativity through pleasure. And so a lot of the work I've been doing around that myself has been uh, somatic experiences, so getting into my body. And I find that a lot of emotional uh, things that you think and then therefore you feel, they become embodied. So the quicker that you can... I guess, have a practice or a tool to go to on standby that allows you to release some of that tension out of your body. The, uh, the heightened emotion that you're feeling, it will at least bring you back down to ground somewhat. It does not mean that we're trying to get rid of the emotion because you're always 50-50 with emotions. It, you, you're not, never going to be 100% positive. But if you can somehow just pull yourself back down to earth through, uh, you know, using the body and often that means that might be putting on a tune and having a dance off and releasing <laughs> energy that way. It might be uh, going for a walk around the block, but sometimes the quickest thing you can do is change your environment or your in, and, and through that also your energetic state. You know, sometimes with people, it's moving rooms. It's, uh, yeah, or taking five and saying, I'm going to come back to this in five minutes. I'm going to come back to this conversation in an hour. That's, so, a, great, that's a great piece of advice, Rubes. Really, really good piece of advice. I'll have to try that myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> Last question here today, Rubes. If you had the whole world's attention, what would you say? That what comes to mind first is... Believe that you have everything inside of you to achieve whatever you want. And 
the the bigger the goal the more the obviously uh it's going to mean that you have to expand your comfort zone a little bit bit by bit by bit but think of it like that is it's taking off one milestone after another milestone after another milestone and when we think of it like that nothing's ever too big or too hard for us and sometimes it's about us growing into that next level of comfort and then growing into that next level of comfort and soon enough you'll be in a place that you thought five years ago that's impossible no way I could never do that so that's what that's what I would say to the world and ironically, this conversation, I'm having this conversation so much in the last few weeks, actually, initially with my friend Tanika Anderson, who's been on this podcast before a couple of times, is the fact you don't, she was saying, you know, you don't need to know the end point, like at all. You don't need to know that. You just need to know what's the next chapter, what's the next page, what's the next sentence, what's the next word, like break it down like that. You don't need to know how the book ends. You just need to know the next sentence and then go from there. You don't need to have all the answers and know everything to start. You've just got to believe in yourself and start. Mm. Ruby, thank you so much for your company here today. I so appreciate your time, girlfriend. And thank you so much for sharing all of the beautiful I feel like I feel so educated actually at the moment. It was it's very educational time here with us today. I really appreciate it. And I know I threw some hairy questions at you, but it's also really good to learn. Really good to learn different backgrounds and how people handle things and different people's perspective. It's what we're here for after all. Yes. And and thank you for a good conscious conversation as always, my love. If you would love to connect with Ruby, you can find her across on Instagram at Ruby K Marsh. I feel like you've got a lot of questions coming your way, Rubes. <laughs> thank you so much for your company here today. Have a beautiful day ahead and I will see you back here tomorrow morning.